0: are now listening to the Hashtag Ask J. Charles Show.
1: Yo, what's going on guys? J. Charles here on the Hashtag Ask J. Charles Show uh, over here in Temple, Texas in my apartment with a uh, special guest over here his name is morgan edwards he's been in the military uh you know he's uh, you know worked in the what's called the jail you know he maximum security stuff he's in the fitness industry now he's done a lot seen a lot been around the world um so yeah man what's up everybody what up what up so for everyone that doesn't know who you are uh give them a little backstory on you bro Okay, so
0: um, I played sports when I was growing up. I mean, uh, that was like.
1: Don't worry, about We're just talking.
0: Okay, so like growing, I grew up in Southern California, and I played sports from middle school all the way to high school, and a little bit in college too. Um, then I decided to join the military at nineteen or twenty. I don't really remember. Um, once I joined the military, I, I deployed to Afghanistan. I was in the 101st Airborne, which if you ever seen Bander Brothers, that's, that's the unit. Like, oh shit. Yeah. That
1: was badass.
0: Um, super historical unit. Um, so it was like, it was a blessing for me to get assigned to that unit. Um, I was an infantryman, so I was like front lines doing like, you know, the real shit you see on TV, like. People, the stuff people lie about that they do, I actually did. Yeah. Um,
1: so. Well, like, let's get into that. So, like, when you're yeah. in the military. Like, where, where did you go? Like, where? I know you were in that. You said you Afghanistan. Yeah. Where else did you see?
0: So, um, one of the things that recruiters tell you when you join the military is like, oh, you're gonna see the world and all that. So I seen Fort Benning, Georgia. I seen Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and Afghanistan. All four years that I was in the military.
1: Oh shit! Okay, so yeah, not so, the whole world. So
0: I didn't get the cool like, like uh, European vacation style military enlistment that a lot of people get. But that's okay because like my whole intent in joining the military, like all I wanted to do was go serve my country and get out. It wasn't a career for me. Yeah. So you know I'm pretty sure like you're the same age as me so you saw 9-11 on yep. TV so like ever since I've seen that on TV as a kid I was like I want to be like first string varsity I want to go get the dudes back that did this
1: and I did it so I mean it worked out for me that's badass now like when you were over there I know we've, we've kind of talked a little bit before But like when you you were over there, I mean, how long were you in Afghanistan?
0: I was there for nine months. Nine months? Yeah.
1: like how was
0: that? Um, honestly, it was the best nine months of my military career. (laughs) Like, like, you think about it, you got like probably 200 U.S. soldiers and most of them are lower enlisted. So like me, like private to specialist. So, just think about going to, like, this crazy summer camp with your friends at, like, 18 to 22 years old. And you have no, like, like nobody really knows, like, what's going on. It's like Lord of the Flies, almost. Yeah. But, like, if you're a type A personality, that's, like, the place for you. Because, you know, you're, like, basically, like, combat is the ultimate test of a human being. And that's what I wanted to experience. Nice.
1: That's that's I like that man. Combat is the ultimate test of a human being.
0: I mean, there's no greater test than someone who is trying to kill you, and then not letting them do that and get them before they get Fuck. you.
1: That's some powerful shit, bro. <laughs> and I mean,
0: I mean, that's why you. Sh- that's why we trained so hard. Is like, yeah. like,
1: damn. Like, did you see a lot of? I mean, I'm guessing you saw a lot of action
0: out there. Uh, yeah. I think we got shot at like four hours after getting off the helicopter. Holy shit,
1: like as soon as you got there? So
0: like when you go to Afghanistan, you go to this place called Bagram, which if you've watched the news lately, you've seen what Bagram is. It's Mm -hmm. like this major hub of Afghanistan. So you go there and you stay there for about a week and it's called ripping out. So like the unit that is at the place where you're going, like they slowly exfil and you slowly infill. So there's like no moment of like emptiness at the base you're going to. So like- yeah so like when we got off the helicopter it probably took about like four hours before we saw our first like rockets start coming at us because they want to test you they want they want to see it like if this unit that just replaced these guys is soft or are they going to come at us hard can yeah. we do what we want in this valley or do we have to fight for it is it even worth fighting for it and it wasn't for them because um we didn't lose a single person on my deployment but we yeah. We took a lot, you know? Yeah.
1: Damn, bro, that's, that's fucking wild, man. Like, literally, like, four hours of right after you get off, like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, I
0: mean, we were doing, like, our little walkthrough on the base, I remember. And they showed us this truck, and, like, one of the sergeants was like, oh, yeah, welcome to Afghanistan. And I know that sounds cliche, like something you'd see in a movie, but there's literally, <laughs> like, bullet holes in the windshields of this truck. And oh, I was just shit. like, I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like this shit's real. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy, man. I mean, so like, I, I, yeah, we're over here in Colleen. We talk to a lot of soldiers and stuff like that. And I talk to them, and they either, you know, they've been in Afghanistan, Iraq, and they say, yeah, all we do is work out and just fucking chill. Like, there's nothing to do out there.
0: I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's true. Like when you're not on mission, it's like you have like your almost like gel type yeah. gym. Like, I remember our tricep pull-down thing was a a winch for a Humvee with, like, 17-inch cord on, like, 17-inch cable that, Mm. like, if you didn't have the right weight on it, like, that thing would snap back and, like, take your eye out, (laughs) so, but, but yeah, man, you'd go, like, you'd go get your lift in, and then if you happened to, if your base got shot at while you were lifting, you just threw your helmet on and shot back, and then put your gun down and went back to lifting.
1: That's insane. Imagine that shit, like, here. Like, oh, yeah, we're getting a workout, and then, oh, fuck, we're getting a shot at. All right, let's go. Yeah. yeah all there? I all mean, right, let's go back to I mean, there's no working pre- out. There's no
0: pre-workout. <laughs> there's no pre-workout <free laughs> that, that hits harder than your journaling going through the roof like yeah, that. Yeah, damn. That's insane. Wow. Yeah,
1: that's, uh, that's an experience of that shit.
0: But, I mean, really, what it comes down to is, like, being calm in those situations is, like, your leadership, first of all because the deployment before mine was in 2011 and they've had a couple documentaries about it. Uh, my unit lost 27 people on that deployment in that, at that same base in that same area. Sure. So when I deployed in 2012, all the people that were you know, lower ranking were now in a position of authority. So they were like, this isn't gonna happen to us when we go back here. Yeah. So when we started to take fire and stuff, like it was all about like, no one's dying
1: yeah and
0: so like every time we got shot at we had f-18s just carpet bombing everywhere like wow. like it went zero to a hundred so fast <laughs>
1: shit. so they, the guys that were i guess in authority they were there before so they've experienced that shit already yeah they lost their yeah.
0: friends they lost you know so they they don't they didn't want us to yeah, experience that, that or die you know yeah, they didn't want to die either yeah. so
1: yeah bro that's crazy that's that's pretty insane um what else out there like did you i mean you know were were you all just like at the base baseball time oh
0: no so like, like our uh we were one of the most most northern outposts in afghanistan so there's like the pakistan border and then there's um kunar which is where i was and it was a place called Khotmani, and uh, I told you about it before. But it, like, like there's a little castle that was like supposedly built by Alexander the Great. That's
1: so fucking dope.
0: And it was super haunted. <laughs> and no, Nobody wanted to go up there, except like it was the coolest place to be because nobody went up there. Yeah. So if you went up there, like you didn't have to shave, or like yeah. there was like no, it was like no man's land up there. <laughs> But um, basically our mission was like we'd get dropped off in helicopters at the top of a mountain. Then we'd clear the valley out and walk back home. Yeah. So a lot of like heavy rucking, a lot of like physical fitness, like yeah. dehydration takes its toll there. It's cold as hell and then it's hot as hell the, in the morning. Yeah, in the desert, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's super cold at yeah. night. It's hot as hell in the morning, man. Guess you lost a lot of weight up there.
0: I, not really, man. I ate a lot, bro. <laughs> like, like when you're that tired all the time, like yeah. you have to you eat. Have to fucking eat. Like, like it's not even about like I'm hungry. It's like I have five free minutes. Let me eat real Let quick. Me eat as much as
1: possible. Yeah. Yeah. I would have doubted, man. Shit. <sighs> Adrenaline's to the roof. You gotta eat, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, man. And like I can't even explain to you how thirsty and dehydrated you are after like five minutes of being in a gunfight. Everything just like flushes out of your system. It's like, like, I don't even know. Like the human body is crazy, man. Like your adrenaline starts flowing like that, like at pe- like redline adrenaline, and it's like you just like could probably drink a gallon of water, like five minutes after.
1: Were there ever
0: any close calls? Oh yeah. I, I remember one time we were taking fire and like the protocol when you're like getting mortared or whatever is to like stay inside your hooch because there's sandbags and all that. Well I really had to pee. <laughs>
1: God damn. So <laughs> yeah.
0: so I went outside yeah. and I started to pee. And then on the other side of the sandbag, just
1: boom. Hold on. You went out to pee while y'all are all getting fucking yeah, shot. Yeah. and shit like that. And you're over here just taking a piss.
0: Yeah, because I had to go, man. Like. <laughs>
1: and then what happened?
0: And then just like on the other side of the sandbag wall, just
1: BOOM!
0: And then like, I just walked back in my in my hooch with my pants around my ankles. And I was like, guys, I almost died. And they were like, <laughs> and, the, and you know, like yeah. just that culture. They're all laughing and yeah. they're like, fucking idiot. <laughs>
1: Holy shit, bro! That's fucking crazy. God damn. Imagine. How did How did he How did he die? Oh, he died taking a piss. But yeah, I mean, but like, like, like you
0: got to you got to think about like the the different world that you live of in course. when you're there. Like up on that outpost, that castle. Like when you were up there, you you burnt your own shit. Like yeah. you pissed out of a tube, and like you ate cold food, and like so like having to go to the bathroom during a firefight is no big deal like i mean that's just it's just standard man yeah like i'm not gonna pee where i live like like, (laughs) but but like that's what it gets down to like barbaric things like that like you don't pee where you live like i i don't want to like make my house stink it already stinks it's got 18 other dudes living in it that shower once every three days because water is just not available.
1: Would you say it was like a very spartan lifestyle? Oh yeah. Eat, work out, fight, you know?
0: Oh yeah, we we had like the headgear and the boxing gloves and all that and like it was just like every day like you were just like trying to like be better than your buddy. I mean it's a dick thing to say but like that's an alpha that's, that's yeah. a very alpha world Being oh, being in the infantry is like you need to know that the people next to you can hack it, yeah. and that they can handle getting hit in the face. Yeah. And then, like, even if they can't handle it, if they're man enough to like sit there and take the ass take beating, yeah. then they're good to go. Yeah,
1: bro. I mean, you're not wrong, man. I mean, yeah, you got to be willing to take it and you have to be able to trust the person next to you. Absolutely, I
0: trust you. Thank you. I trust you too. <laughs>
1: But there are there are people that, yeah. that we didn't
0: take out of out of the base with us. Like, Just because you're new. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like you're softer than baby shit. You're yeah. not going with us. Like yeah. like because because that's a liability that causes yeah. people to die. It's
1: it's a uh, chink in the chain. Uh-huh. You
0: know what I mean? And I know it's cliche, but you're only as weak as are you're only as strong as your weakest link. Hundred
1: percent.
0: Yeah. And like. Some of the greatest leaders I've ever known were in the military and in that unit. And there's just some people that you can't fix. Yeah. Like, you know, like people say like, there's no such thing as bad soldiers. There's only bad sergeants. But I don't believe that because I think there's people that you just, they don't have the buttons to push to be able to make them activate and like do what they're supposed to.
1: When it's fight or flight, they choose flight instead of fighting. And it makes sense. I get
0: you. I I mean, I just think that, like, unfortunately, there are people that slip through the cracks. Yeah. Like, not everyone's a barrel chested freedom fighter. Yeah. But some people like to think that they are. And if they can do the bare minimum to make it seem just just to get by. But, I mean, like I said, it comes down to leadership, but, like, Some people, I'm like, man, what are their drill sergeants doing in basic training? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I hear you, man. I hear you, man. That's crazy. So, you were over there for nine months, you come back, now, where'd you go?
0: Um, I went back to Fort Campbell. We all came back, and
1: then, um... Didn't lose a single man? Nope. Yeah. That's that's awesome. A
0: a lot of Afghan... So, we were attached to the Afghan National Army, like, that's the whole idea of Afghanistan is to train their military to be strong enough to fend for themselves. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't work. Yeah. Um, so we came back and um, we immediately start training for another deployment. Like, like, the whole thing. Like, we have like two weeks basically of like, yeah, we're back, let's drink and go like, get fucked up. And then it's like, we're going on another deployment. And then, um, I was slated to get out in November of 2015. But during that time, the economy was, like, suffering. And they did, like, a uh, troop, with, troop withdrawal. But troop drawdown. So they bumped. If you hadn't already re-enlisted, they bumped everyone's uh, exit date up by, like, six months. Wow. So they were like, hey, man, you want to stay in? And I was like, I don't know. They were like, cool. Pack your shit. You're going home.
1: Damn. But,
0: and like at 21... I was like, at first I was like, oh yeah, the army's terrible, I'm cool, I'll go back home. Like, And it's not that the army was terrible, it's just when you're young you think that there's always something better there for you. I wish that I had re-enlisted, but I'm better for it now. And, um,
1: and let's, let's talk about that, because I hear that all the time, Like, I have buddies that were in the military that they just they miss it they wish they could, didn't get out like and it would you say it's like that brotherhood that y'all had oh like yeah it's camaraderie, It's 100
0: percent the camaraderie yeah and um one of the biggest fears like when you re-enlist is that they're gonna send you somewhere else right i didn't want to go anywhere else i was yeah. like i'm in i'm already in the best regular infantry division in in the army in my opinion all my friends are already here and you, you have no choice really. yeah yeah it's like I can I can prefer, I can like ask for to be stabilized here, but I'm a single soldier. I don't have a family or anything that they're gonna consider and be like, well, let's not uproot him. They're gonna be like, no, you're going to Korea. Yeah. And that's not what I wanted to do.
1: Yeah.
0: So I was like, I'm gonna take my like, career into my own hands and just get out and go to school, which is what I did. But I wish I didn't do it so early. Yeah. I, I wish, I really wish I had had that extra six months to plan out. Cause like, when you're in the military, you're not thinking six months ahead, ever, ever. Like, you don't have a career path in the military. You're like, what are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing on Wednesday? <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't think long-term in the military.
1: I mean, cause everything changes just like yeah. that. Right, like, hey, you're leaving like this date. Yeah. Or hey, you're going over here this day. I hear what you're saying.
0: And and being in the hundred and first is like the ideal place to be as an infantryman because it's a rapid deployment unit. So it's like every six months you're hitting a deployment. Yeah. Well, not every six months, but nine month rotation, come back for six months, hit another nine month rotation. And I mean, I joined the infantry to deploy. Like, I, I didn't join the infantry to sit around in the United States, that's for sure. Like, I don't understand people that are like that. they like, choose a combat job and they're like, I hope I never deploy. <laughs> like, what? I guess you
1: know people like that?
0: Yeah, the, it's just because people get comfortable. Yeah. And I don't like being comfortable in my life at all. Like,. Yeah. Like, I think that if you're comfortable in your life, that you're, you've reached a point where you're complacent. 100%,
1: 100-fucking-thousand-percent, and I tell everyone that um, that's that's yeah, <laughs> that's in life, bro. can't get comfortable and you can't complacent. I mean, hold on, but there's a different sector. Like, if you're happy, if you're genuinely happy where you're at, and you're not complaining and you're not bullshitting, then I think maybe, yeah, you know, it's okay to be comfortable where you're at. But if you're complaining, if you want more, then don't fucking get comfortable with it. Be easy, like go forward.
0: And and I get that, but in that in like that exact circumstance, it's like you being comfortable is hurting the team.
1: Well, generally like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So like
1: like maybe like it would be different like when you're in versus like a civilian. Yeah. In. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: Like right now, I would say I'm comfortable yeah. in life, and like I'm not uncomfortable in my day to day life. Yeah. But. I don't have any reason to be uncomfortable. I'm not training for anything. No, I'm not- I mean, God willing, there's, you know, like, not a (laughs) war here, but, like, but, like- I don't
1: know that shit.
0: But, like, people- people that are uncomfortable like that, Yeah. I- I feel like they're slightly irrational. Like, that's- like, a level of paranoia that is like, no, trust me, like, it's going to be all right, bro. (laughs) Like, whether it's, like, the vaccine or, like, birth control stuff, like, going on in, in like, current events, it's like, tomorrow is going to be a good day. Like, it's not going to be terrible.
1: The the sun's going to shine. You're going to wake up tomorrow and you're still here. And, all right, so, I mean, let's go into after military, after you got out
0: so after i got out of the military i was super depressed because i didn't i didn't in my mind i was using that crutch where i was like i didn't have like my six months that i was promised to me to like be able to decide what i want to do when i get out of the military so i used the gi bill and i started working on a marketing degree which I really didn't have an interest in it's just something I'm good at I'm a very personable person I don't mind public speaking so I was like this is easy money in the bank for me (laughs) and um, so I was drinking every night just like I was in the military but in the military you're also working your ass off every day and like i'm not saying it's a healthy lifestyle by any means but like it balances itself out as far as like physical health goes maybe not in the long term but in the short term (coughs) yeah um so i wasn't doing any like working out or anything like that so i was basically just getting fucking fat for like eight months straight and my mental health just went boom down the shitter and i was just like bro I remember times when I would like turn my Xbox on at like 8 o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't turn it off till like 8 o'clock in the morning. Bloody like the next shit. day. Like. Like. Damn. Yeah bro. Gain 90 pounds.
1: Shit. I mean you hear about that shit though man. Like. When they get out like it's it's they're you know a lot of veterans are depressed and you know like cause they want to go back but they, they can't go back they got out but they miss their buddies they miss you know I mean, their brothers. Um, and they don't know what to do. Yeah, like, you get out and you don't know what to fucking do with your life. And, and
0: like the typical roadmap for like an infantryman when they get out of the military is to become a police officer. like yeah. that's the easiest transition. But I did not want to do that because my dad was a cop, and like I don't really have a good relationship with my father, so I was like, "No,,
1: fuck what, what I've also seen is a lot of them coming out and wanting to be firefighters. Yeah, cause it's the same brotherhood.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like the the roadblock for that is right. Like so, there's all these roadblocks, and it's like the roadblock to being a firefighter is that it's super, super competitive. competitive. Like, cool. like bro, there's dudes, there's dudes with like eight years of awesome. of experience, like being EMT for like five years, and still can't get it in the fire department. Yeah, no,
1: a few buddies. Well, no, two buddies of mine are firefighters, and yeah, one it took them about three years to get in. The other one. The other one, he got lucky. He was in the Navy. Um, he's he's going to be getting in, um, but damn, it's, it's crazy, bro. Uh, so then what happened? You went to to work for the jail, right?
0: Well, so I was still living in California at home, oh, sure. nice. and then um, I met my fiance while I was going to college. We didn't meet in college, but... So, we had went to high school together, but I had never seen her before in my life. <laughs> and, um... The, that
1: shit happens, bro. I mean, did you go to a big school or small small school? I, I mean, it
0: is a big school. Okay, like, yeah. comparatively yeah. to, like, <laughs> I've talked to people from here in Texas. And they're like, yeah, I went, graduated a class of, like, 100. My graduating class was, like, 1100. It's
1: like a 6A school down here.
0: And, um... So, we ended up meeting after I got out of the Army, um met online actually which is funny because i was like did we had like 46 mutual friends on facebook and i was like i have no idea who you are and she was like yeah i was a nerd in high school and i was like well that explains it
1: (laughs) you're like me we were jocks yeah yeah.
0: and like i feel super bad because i'm like i've probably been a dick to you at some point in high school like hey bro that was the exact same way like in high
1: school i was a fucking bro I look back at how I was in high school, and I'm like embarrassed at how I was. Me too, yeah. I was the typical jock, biggest guy in school, you know, life of the party, center of attention, popular kid, you know, and I was a dick to some people. Like, I was a dick. Yeah, like. I look back and I'm like, fuck, dude, why was I like that? But I mean, yeah. We're, we're young, we're in high school, you
0: know? Yeah, I, like, I wish I could go back and kick my own ass. Yeah, like, like, because I wasn't in anything special, bro. My football team went, like, 1 in 12 my senior oh, holy year. Holy shit.
1: Okay, that was my junior year. My junior year, we went... We only won two games, fucking... Oh, Class of 09 sucked. Anyone listening to this from Holy Cross, Class of 09, <laughs> y'all sucked. My year is the year that changed it all. We, uh, we, we were... Seven and three, I believe. I think we went to... Yeah, we were seven and three. Uh, But the year before that, we were two and, like, seven. But, yeah. uh, Yeah, I know what
0: you mean. Yeah, Yeah, and, like, I don't know where, like, that inflated attitude came from because...
1: We sucked, but, (laughs) (laughs) like... Anyways, so you met her...
0: So I met her, and we we started dating, and then, um... So it's funny because, um... So her dad, she's Samoan, and her dad is a huge Samoan dude. And, um, she invited me to go to, like, one of his rugby practices. And I was like, and I was like, that's crazy. I've never played rugby before. Is her
1: is there family, like, full, like, Samoan? Uh,
0: they're Samoan and Hawaiian, so, so yeah, they're full Samoan. So
1: they, they, uh, they like, do they know the, like, the haka, the dances? Yeah, so yeah, bad- yeah, That's so
0: badass. And they, like, eat badass food. Hell, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so... He approached me after practice and he was like, you want to play rugby? And like, what am I supposed to say? Like, no, like, yeah, I'm a pussy. No, (laughs) I, of course I played rugby. So played rugby for a little bit and that was fun. It was like beer league rugby. Yeah. And then um, I just like randomly got ambitious one day and I I was like, Hey, Malia, you want to move to Nashville? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So
1: why did you move to Nashville?
0: Because we wanted to move out, like we were still living at our homes. So and I got to buy Nashville. yeah, <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Right, well, yeah. But um, the cost of living in California is super high. <laughs> yeah. And being on like a fixed VA income, like it made sense for me yeah. to go somewhere where the cost of living is lower because my income doesn't change regardless. Yeah. So, uh, Nashville is like 40 minutes from Fort Campbell, which is where I was stationed. So, I was like, oh, your boys are there, yeah. yeah, but then. We moved there, and I didn't go up there to Fort Campbell one time, oh, shit. because I was still super depressed. Like, yeah, sure. like I was, like still didn't leave my our apartment. Does she know that? Yeah, and um, she was a rock for me during that That's time her. because I was a mess, bro. Yeah, like I was fucked up, and um, fortunately, we caught like our first break. When we moved out here to Texas, because my my buddy like he had a great opportunity for us. Um, he sold us his house, which um, he got stationed somewhere else, and he had a house in Clean And he was like, "Hey man, you so want how, to?"
1: How long we on for? A dice? year. A year?
0: Yeah. Cool. And then we moved out here, and I st- I was like, you know what? I have like. A pretty good skill set from the military i like have good common sense i'm going to try and see like how working in corrections is yeah so i applied and they were like during the interview they looked at my resume and they were like oh you deployed you were in the infantry they were like when do you want to start and i was like that is not the question yeah. that, that like that's not how i seen this interview going and i learned after this whole experience, that when people hire you on the spot, it's typically not a good job, <laughs> or at least like the the like staffing issues that they're yeah. experiencing. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've mean, hired a few guys on the spot.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, when it's a state agency and sure, they hire you. you on the spot, Like you.
1: <laughs> How was that?
0: Oh man. So So like Remember how I said earlier how some of the best leaders I've met in my life were in the army? Yeah. Some of the worst leaders I've met in my life were in corrections.
1: Fuck you know what you learned a lot from those motherfuckers
0: because then you know what not to do. Exactly. And I learned a lot of what not to do. (laughs) And it's like So where were you at in there? Uh, in corrections? Yeah. So I worked in um, G5 housing, which is like, it's not seg, like segregation, like what people think about when they see like solitary confinement, it's called segregation. But I worked in a level below that, which is is, like max security. So there's still two people per cell, but it's like the worst of, it's like everybody that's like getting ready to go to seg. Yes. gets put in G five housing. So it's like a less secure version of segregation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And what is she doing then? A lot. <laughs> I mean
0: I mean the main job of a corrections officer is to count their inmates and make sure that they're all alive. That's the main job, yeah. Yeah. All the bullshit that you gotta do. Yeah. So like typically I work night shift, so is twelve hour shifts. Which is a lie, it's really like sixteen.
1: Yeah, Jackie tells us Jackie works like nineteen hours. For everyone who doesn't know, Jackie is one of our um, she's one of our employees over here at TrueFit. Jackie works like nineteen hours. I mean, she's not supposed to work nineteen, but she works sometimes nineteen hour shifts, which is fucking ridiculous.
0: Yeah, shout out to Texas Department of Criminal Justice.
1: <laughs> so go on.
0: So as as like when you work night shift your job is to feed dinner. and then do showers and then um, feed breakfast in the morning yeah so you have to feed two meals shower everyone on your pod and then you get to go home
1: yeah
0: but typically in g5 housing are like not typically but like um by policy you're supposed to have two officers per pod in case someone like tries to like stab you you always have backup but with the staffing issues going on in the state it's like you're one person per two pods it's like exactly the opposite so you end up having to shower like 144 people by yourself holy fuck feed them by yourself have
1: you had, have you had a lot of
0: people try to stab
1: me
0: i've never had anyone try to stab me i've been punched in the face though holy
1: shit yeah i mean yeah
0: i mean that's just like that's the, like an everyday thing yeah i mean yeah. as long as you get them back at the time, like uh, you can't like harbor the hate and like get them back later because you know, that's a dick thing to do and it'll get you fired. But <laughs> I mean, as long as if you take shots and give them back at the same time, you're good. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Um, shit, man. So, I mean, let's let's see. How long were you there?
0: Uh, I worked there for three years. Okay, three years. Three years of a lot of bullshit? Yeah, tons of bullshit. (laughs) I mean, but like I learned some some super valuable lessons there. Um, I did have a couple good people, like good leaders that like I looked up to that taught me some great things. Like about controlling the moods and rooms and stuff like that. And um, I think that working there has really made me successful as like a sales person because I learned how to like walk into a room and like dictate the attitude in the room rather than the room dictating my attitude.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can do that in a sales presentation too, with the person in front of you. Yep. That's 100% true. And then fast forward, how long did you work there
0: again? Uh, at corrections? Three years? Three years, yeah.
1: And then true fit.
0: Yeah, and then um, I decided that for mental health reasons I need to step away from corrections. Yeah, because I was just giving too much time there, and like it really doesn't matter. Like they don't care. Um, but <laughs> so I got out of that, and then I was like, I chilled for like a month, and I was like, I guess I should get a job because like I noticed myself starting to like slip back into like. The like deep depression I was in, yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna get a job, and then I seen that TrueFit was hiring for a maintenance person, yeah. and I interviewed for it, and they were like, so just so you know, maintenance doesn't do any maintenance, and I was just like, what? I was like, what? Yeah, just
1: so you know, guys, on at TrueFit maintenance, all you, you do is clean, pick up trash. That's all Dennis does. All Dennis does is pick up trash. <laughs> But yes, you clean, you're basically housekeeper for the gym.
0: Yeah, you're basically, like, the gym's bitch. (laughs) And then, um, so I did that for a little bit, and then um, I'm a super responsible person, like, and, like, loyal person, so, like, if anyone ever needed, like, anything done, like, I would literally come from my house and be like, oh, I got you, bro, don't worry. And then I was like, this is happening way too much. So I was like, I'm gonna ask our boss, Sean, if I could get a sales job. Because like immediately I was like, this isn't for me. Like yeah. I've been in combat. I've led people. Yeah. Like I should not like not that I shouldn't do it and that being a janitor is like a bad job or whatever. But I was like, this is just not for me. It's not what you needed. Yeah, it's not yeah. What
1: you Yeah, it's not for you.
0: And um so I waited like four months for a sales spot to open up and it finally did and um I think I've been pretty successful so far. Yeah, yeah. Like, considering I have no sales experience. Yeah. I'm just, and like, honestly,
1: guys, like, sales is fucking hard. And I've had podcasts about this before. But sales, trying to get someone to purchase something, like, is tough. Like, you've got to convince them. Even though they're going in, they're wanting a gym membership, you still have to go over the objections. You still have to go over price presentation, everything. And for someone that doesn't have any sales experience at all, like, it's fucking tough to, to, to do it. Like, bro, when I first started sales, I hated my fucking life, I'm not even lying. So, well, number one, I mean, I had my own place, I had my own gym for a little while, but then I was like, fuck it, you know, I wanna work. I still had it, I've had it for five years, and then I also wanted to go into, like, a uh, commercial gym. You know, I wanted uh, to get some experience, sales experience. So I started at LA Fitness, I fucking hated my life. Um, It was my boss drilling us every day, role-playing every day, meetings every day, like, Kind of like how we have here, but twice as bad. If you're not selling, your, your district VP is cussing at you, yelling at you, like, you're oh, fucking lazy, get your shit together, blah, blah, all this stuff. I wasn't used to that. I was used to the pressure. And then finally, I learned how to sell over time by shitty managers and good managers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's tough for, for you to come into it without any fucking experience. and do as good as you're doing now. Like, that's impressive.
0: I, I mean I would I would have to like shout out to Texas Department of Criminal Justice for that because like my whole <laughs> job was getting people to do what they don't want to do. And I'm not and I'm not saying like I'm hard selling people at my job. I'm just like I, like I build relationships with people in a very short period of time to where they're like I like this guy.
1: So, Sales is, by definition, is the transfer of enthusiasm from one person to another. It's basically trying to build that trust in a 20-30 minute span and then selling it, closing the deal. You know what I mean? And I, I think you nailed it on the head when you said you, you try and control the, the room. You try and control how the conversation is going. And ultimately, when you're like me, I literally, everything I say is scripted. And I know what's gonna happen, I know what they're gonna say, and I know how I'm gonna come at it, because I control the conversation, I do a lot of this, yeah. I do a lot of yes, like I'm shaking yeah. my fucking head up and down right now, I do a lot of doing that, because they mimic you, they mirror you, you know what I mean, so you're controlling it, you're saying a lot of answers, a lot of questions, where they're gonna say yes, 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 and they get used to saying yes, you know what I mean, things like that, it's all psychological.
0: It's like... Uh you could either be the thermostat or you could be the temperature in the room like you can control whether the thermostat it's goes up good or you Is can from Jordan Milford? no no I, I learned that from one of my sergeants in corrections that's yeah. that's and cuz cuz i had a i had a serious problem when i when i started that job because yeah. like when people would like mouth off to me or whatever or like call me out and be like oh you're just a bitch like i'd take that shit personally yeah. but like when you start to just be like talk shit back to him but like in a funny way They'll be like, oh, you're funny, you're alright, and and like, if you can make someone laugh, they're already sold.
1: Oh, trust me, like, I've gotten out of three speeding tickets before, by making the officer laugh. Swear, I'm not even fucking joking, bro, like, <laughs> swear to God, I've gotten out of three of them by making them laugh. <laughs> I don't know how I fucking did it, but I did.
0: And like, then there's also the other, like, sales technique that, I, like, I use a lot, and... It's like, if you act like you, it's almost like reverse psychology. If you, if you pitch to someone like a little bit nonchalantly and you act like maybe you don't care if they buy this membership, maybe, you know, it's not that great, but, um, they'll be like, this guy like, he's just, you know. He's, he's telling me the truth about all this He's not stuff. trying
1: to push his agenda onto yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and I use that a lot, too. Like, just it's, it's the chilled called, out, like...
1: It's called selling the sizzle. You kind of push it out there, not really, and then you kind of withdraw back, you know, like, as if you're just chill, and then they don't see you as a threat. Yeah. Like, con- the consumer is fucking smart. People are smart. They're not stupid. Like, they will read you like a fucking book. Like, if you're trying to sell them, they won't know, they, they know automatically, like, yeah. okay, he's trying to sell me something. you know. But if you're talking to them, you're building that trust, you're, you're in that emotional connection, you're getting them excited about it, then fuck yeah. And it's like what I tell everyone, like, you're not selling the gym. You're not selling the fucking treadmills, the ellipticals. You're selling the experience exactly. that they're going to fucking get in there. Sales, you should never sell a product. Don't ever think about anything as a product. It's an experience that they're going to get when they're there. You know what I mean? And I, I tell it to everyone. And it's like, even when it comes to training, I'm not selling you the fucking workout. I'm selling you how you're gonna feel, how you're gonna look, how you're gonna be. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. The that you're get.
0: And then like one of my favorite things to do is like give people a tour of the gym. And then when I get them back to my desk, I ask them how much they think this gym membership is. <laughs> <And> <laughs> because because usually yeah. they're like oh like seventy or eighty dollars, and I'm like no bro. That is
1: fucking smart. I never thought about that one.
0: Because usually they're coming from other gyms, yep. and, and they see what we have to offer. And then, especially like, so we have a women's only gym, and our gym, and then if there's a couple and the girl goes into the women's only gym to tour it, the dude will, a hundred out of a hundred times, be like, how much this shit costs, man. <laughs> <laughs> And that's when I'm like, how much do you think it costs? And he's like, probably like a hundred bucks for both of us. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not even that much. Like yeah. like it's not even half that, bro. And then they're yeah. like, oh damn. I'm gonna get this gym membership now. Fuck yeah, that's
1: smart. That's smart. Also, okay, so real quick, let's talk about what the fuck we're drinking. Viking? What is that? Viking blood? Viking's blood, yeah. This is so fucking dope. It
0: is. It's um it's honey wine, it's mead. Mead. and um it's I'm
1: fucking viking right now yeah i don't know if y'all know this but i'm super into viking culture and he, mythology yeah and he I throws axes shit. yeah i threw an axe <laughs> like for real this is badass i feel like fucking ragnar brook <laughs> yeah
0: but it is 19 so we'll get you frosty
1: yeah this is really good i've never seen this before um uh, but yeah um don't anyways. don't
0: go buy it because I like to buy it and there's not a lot of it to go around so <laughs>
1: yeah. but um, yeah we're wrapping up at 41 minutes now so do you have advice for anyone that's either you know thinking about joining the military or being a police officer like any advice in general do you have any advice for anyone <clears throat> my
0: my best advice would be um, just have a good support system if you have like a role player for every like situation that you're gonna because you will meet a lot of obstacles in your life doing law enforcement or military like there will be whether it's mental health physical health if you can have like a buddy that's really good at pt that will help you get stronger and prepare you for what you're about to do or if you just have someone that's a good listener that will help you with your mental health if you can just support a good supporting cast will take you a long way
1: that's true yeah man you gotta have support um i like that Anyways, alright, brother. It was nice having you on this episode on this show. Um, appreciate it. Absolutely. Alright. Uh, what's your what's your Instagram?
0: Uh, Morgan Edwards 33.
1: Awesome. Go follow him. Check him out. Let's look at his shit.
0: Yeah, look at it.
1: <laughs> Anyways, again, you guys, this is uh, J. Charles on the hashtag Ask J. Charles Show. Yeah, you.